Father, we thank you again for the word of God that leads and guides us into all truth. We ask you, Lord, to anoint in a special way today that all things will work to your glory and honor. Just bless the time we have together in Jesus' name. Are we on now? Okay, here we go. I want to speak this morning on an epistle. You know what an epistle is? Well, let's read about it in first or in Second Corinthians, third chapter, verse one through three. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? That's a question, actually. Or need we, some, as other some others, epistles of commendation from you or to you, or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistles of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Now what is an epistle? Anybody know what an epistle is? I looked it up in the Strong's. Now, the word epistle only appears in the New Testament, and several times it's used there, and it's always the same Greek word. And it means it's a written message or a letter. Okay? That's what an epistle is. When we think of epistles in the New Testament, we think of the many letters, if you would, written by Paul or James or John or Peter or Jude or whoever wrote them and what they have to mean, if you would, to the church um, for the generations that follow them. Um, if we, if uh, we even refer to them, if you would, not as epistles a lot of times, we just call them books of the Bible. Why? Because the epistles get grouped in with other things in the New Testament, and we know that there are 27 books in the New Testament. Did you know that? See, if you didn't, look what you've already learned. The Old Testament had 39 books in it. There's a total of 66 for the entire Bible that we carry. All right? Too many pages. All right, so... Now, let me read again 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. I want to read the first three verses, but this time in the everyday version. It says, are we starting to brag about ourselves again? Do we need letters of introduction to you or from you like some other people? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ sent through us. This letter is not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is not written on stone tablets, but on the human heart. Both scriptures that I read, even from the King James and the Everyday, tell us that there in verse number two that were known and read by everyone. So when you think of an epistle, actually, your life is one. People are going to read your life, Paul's saying. Amen. This morning I want you to realize people are reading you. 
and me. It's not just you, it's me also. Now I have in my days of 71 plus years, have read a lot of books. Sometimes, because they had a catchy title. Hmm, sounds interesting, let's read it. Sometimes, because I knew the author. I've read a lot of books where I knew the person that wrote the book, and I just wanted to support them, if you would, or listen to what they had to say. Sometimes I really needed the information that that book's going to contain, so I took time to read it. I wanted the information I could get from it. And sometimes I started a book and never even finished it because of lack of interest in what I found in that book. It just didn't interest me, so I didn't bother following through on it. But when I look at a person, we sometimes find ourselves coming to the same conclusion. Some people's lives I like to look at because I know it was written by Jesus Christ. What's on their heart is what they know to be what Jesus wants them to be. Amen? Um, um, think about it this way. Those of you that are married, you may have to think back a while. When you was dating who you have chosen to be your spouse. You listening, Joel? First thing, I want you to think about the first thing when you saw that person, what put interest in your mind and heart to carry this out a little farther? What was the first thing that attracted you to your future spouse? Huh, think about that. And then think of those of you that went on the, if you would, the dating scene, so to speak, and how many of us saw someone we thought might make a great marriage partner. But the more we read of that epistle, we decided, I don't think I want to go down that road. Amen? For fear or whatever uh, situation came along. Amen. You knew you didn't want to get to the final chapter of that book. Amen? So, here at Faith Christian Fellowship, we now have and had many epistles pass through our doors. Some made others interested in what they saw here, and some passed up the opportunity to read more about what takes place here. Amen? Now, as the pastor of Faith Christian Fellowship, today is the final Sunday of my 16th year as pastor in Faith Christian Fellowship. How about that stuff? Amen. And the next time I stand and preach, I'll be in my 17th year as senior pastor at Faith Christian Fellowship. So when I think of the epistles that have sat under my ministry over the years, I have a mixed range of emotions about the results and the growth we found here at Faith Christian Fellowship. I'm not happy with the growth. Now, I'm not talking about the growth in individuals because I see growth in individuals um, by the, the, how much impact the Word of God has written on their hearts and their walk in the court. I'm talking about just sheer numbers. Too many blue seats out there with nobody in them, as far as I'm concerned. Amen? It should burden your heart the same way. You should want to be a part of Faith Christian Fellowship and trying to fill 
those empty seats as we move forward. I'm very humbled by the fact that God even called me in the first place. But as the years have rolled on, some have come to be a part and some have chosen to depart and not be a part of the epistles of Faith Christian Fellowship. The most obvious measurement of effectiveness of a leader is the growth in his followers. Amen. That's true wherever we go. Amen. So that's true in the business world. That's true in the sports world, the college world, and whatever. Amen. In the NBA, the NFL, the Major League Baseball, in hockey, whatever, if they go into a long losing streak, what do they do? They don't fire the 70 people they've got on staff or the 70 players they got on the roster. They fire the coach in hopes of getting somebody else that can give them another vision or get their eyes lifted up or challenge them in a greater way to do a greater work, right? Did you know when Marvin Lewis filled his last contract as a coach for the Bengals, he had the second longest streak of years as a head coach of the same team, second longest in the NFL. Did you know that? The only person that had been a head coach at a team for a longer stretch than Marvin Lewis was Bill Belichick. Of course, they're going to keep him because he's got seven or eight championship rings on his fingers. Amen? So you either got to have one of two things it looks like to have longevity. One, you got to win the championships. Or two, you got to price yourself out pretty cheap. And I think I know what Marvin Lewis did. Amen. I think uh, Mike Brown could afford Marvin Lewis. Amen. But nonetheless, in anything you do, um, their hopes of getting more people won is part of the leader's job. Amen. Well, that's the same here at Faith Christian Fellowship. Amen. If we're growing in our spirits as epistles, that's fantastic. But are we growing in numbers? Doesn't seem to be. Slightly, maybe. And I realize there are a lot of factors in that. So when we think about that, whose fault is it? That we're not growing. Well, it always falls back on the leader, don't it? So I have to take the responsibility. If there's a problem why we're not growing, it must be my fault. Amen? The buck stops with me, right? Amen. And if the results are not there, it has to be the pastor's fault. Amen. It's my fault when the chili cook-off don't go good. It's my fault when we don't have enough ice cream. It's my fault when the, when the furnace don't kick on when it should. It's my fault when everything... Why not when the numbers aren't where they should be? But as a church, we need to make sure that we are individual epistles first of all. You need to make sure you are right with God, no matter who's preaching or who the pastor is. has nothing to do with that. You have an individual walk with God. But then secondarily, we are epistles as a congregation. What do people think in the community around of Faith Christian Fellowship? What do other churches around us think of Faith Christian Fellowship? Amen? So what we do here, we need to understand that we're letters written to help this congregation improve as individuals and as a church in the location that we represent. 
That's why Paul wrote to these Corinthians in this second letter to the Corinthians about the situation he saw happening there. He wanted to make sure that he got them on track and kept them on track. Paul wrote several epistles, not just to the Corinthians. He wrote them to the Romans. He wrote them to the Ephesians. He wrote them to the Colossians. He wrote them to whoever he felt could help them by writing these letters. Amen? So if we talk to people that are acquainted with Faith Christian Fellowship, what's their opinion of our epistles? Huh. Now, where would we meet such people? What if, if we ever visit another church? You know, and they're, they're going to say, well, what church do you attend? And you tell them, and they're going to have an opinion. Hmm. They're going to read you, and they're going to assume that whatever you, if you would, if whatever they read of your heart, they're going to assume that's true of everybody here. Did you know that? That's the way it works. You go to camp meetings. And you get up there, oh, it's so good to see you, and it's so wonderful. Don't put on the dog, try to impress nobody at camp meeting, just be yourself. Because when you do that, they're reading your heart. And if you put on the dog, they're going to think everybody here puts on the dog for them. If you're just yourself, they're going to understand. That's just the way we are at Faith Christian Fellowship, if you would. Amen. In any conversation you come up and mention Faith Christian Fellowship or Pastor Dude, people are going to make an assessment of what they think of the congregation. It's an epistle that's being written. But the ultimate purpose of being an epistle as a Christian is to reflect the spirit of Jesus Christ in your daily life. You're not doing that everybody's going to write you off. Amen? We all know what the scriptures say about the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? That's another subject for another time, but you know what I'm talking about. And we all know that Jesus said we should produce, be producing fruit. Amen? Do you know your fruit and your joy are on an equal plane? Did you know that? I can show it to you in the scriptures. But nonetheless, and if you don't believe me, read Matthew 15. So if you understand those things, we need to be working towards them to be the epistle that we need to be that other people are reading. So therefore, if your epistle is being read by someone and the fruit that they see you producing, either personally or collectively, they're going to draw certain conclusions, first about you, then about your pastor, then about your church, and they're going to lump us all in a big ball somewhere thinking we're all the same because we all attend Faith Christian Fellowship. Amen? So if you choose to follow God and you choose to follow Pastor Dude, if you would, as your pastor, you're all going to be lumped into that, if you would, epistle reading mode. As most of you know, I have very little taste in fashion. You don't see me all that much. As a matter of fact, I don't know what goes with what. Amen? I know from time to time I get compliments from, boy, that's a nice tie, or that shirt and tie look nice. I have to look down to see what I'm even wearing because I probably got dressed in the dark and it was on the doorknob. 
Without Bonnie, I would have no clue as to what's going on in the fashion world. Amen? Amen. So if you want to know about the fashion world, I am not the epistle you need to read in how I dress, if you would, or how I think in that particular thing. But I know my wife thinks fashion is a reflection on her. Amen. That's why she doesn't allow me to wear my bib overalls when I preach. Amen. I can wear them in the garage, but not here in front of you old folks. So I wear what she thinks fits the occasion when I go out the door. Sometimes it's not even what I want to wear, but it's what I know I better wear if I'm going to get any rest that evening. Amen? I've never seen another person wearing an outfit that I said in my heart, man, I wish I had an outfit like that. Never. Not in my entire life have I ever said, man, I wish I had an outfit like that. Nope, that's not going to be it. Amen. And I can tell you something else. I can't remember the last time, and it's probably been at least 40 years ago or more because I've been married for 42 years. I can't remember the last time I went to a store to say, I need to go get a pair of pants or I need to go get a shirt. Now, Bonnie will let me pick out the socks and shoes I want to wear, but if I've, and if I've got a gift card to Dick's or something like that, I'll get to pick out my own tennis shoes. But other than that, she gets it all. I've got closets full of clothes that I don't even know what's even in those closets. I'm not even allowed in there. Only my wife can go in there to get me what I need to wear the next time I go out. Amen? So fashion is just not my thing. But I know clothes are necessary. I'm glad to see all of you wearing clothes. Amen. But uh, how I look in them, ah, that's just really not very high on my radar as to what you think about how I look in the clothes I'm wearing. That's just not really something I lose any sleep over. But when I realize that I represent my wife, that I love dearly, and that I represent Jesus Christ as a Christian, I do look in the mirror before I leave the house. Amen? I want to make sure it's what it should be, and I want to get, if you would, a reflection of what you're going to see when I do show up. Because I understand I'm an epistle that others are going to read. Personally, I don't think it's too much to ask of anyone that preaches from the, behind this pulpit to represent God in their dress and to be nice and even wear a necktie for men uh, as appropriate attire. And for ladies, when you preach, you need to stand here and you need to make sure you look nice uh, behind the sacred desk that God has given us to declare his word from. Amen? It's a good thing to do. So if you ever get the opportunity to preach, look like you're a preacher. Look like you're a representative of God. Amen? I even noticed when Donald Trump was president. Now, I know that's a long time ago, nine months ago if uh, our memory serves us right. And I know some people didn't like the way he tweets. Man, oh man, what a tweeter. Some didn't like the name calling. Amen. Amen. Sleepy Joe. Some didn't like his party because he is a Republican. 
But one thing I always saw in that man was the way he dressed. He dressed presidential. I can't remember a time I seen him without a suit and a white shirt and tie on. Sometimes his tie was red, sometimes it was blue. But he always, if you would, looked a part of being a presidential person by his appearance. The point is, as an epistle, we're being judged by others on our outward appearance just as much as we are on our inward appearance. Actually, our outward appearance probably means more than the inward appearance at the initial thought of somebody looking at us. Amen. I don't know about you, but I can tell you, if I went in a restaurant and the cook just happened to be coming out of the bathroom, chewing a wad of tobacco with a pack of cigarettes in his pocket and blood all over his apron and grease all over his pants, wearing holy tennis shoes, I think I'd probably choose to go to McDonald's or somewhere else. I don't think I want him preparing my food. I would probably make that judgment that I need to move on from what he represents as a cook in the restaurant where I want to eat. Now, I know God judges the heart, but maybe we need to consider that God also sees you on the outside as well as on the inside too. Amen? So that from this morning and on, let's follow the golden rule as an epistle. And let's do unto others as you have them do unto you. Let's look nice for them as you want them to look nice for you. Amen? That's the way it is. Amen. I even took time to put my teeth in before I came this morning. That was pretty nice of me, wasn't it? Amen. I'm just trying to tell you, God cares about how we look and how we act in his house. So you see, it's all about God and it's all about souls. That's what it comes down to. We just have to make sure we let God's spirit write on our hearts what he wants us to do. If God's not impressed with your soul and he's not impressed with your outward appearance, you're just not attractive, we need to examine ourselves and measure up to what you need to be for the different chapters of your epistle is put to a close. Now there are some epistles in the New Testament that are really, really short. Amen? Philemon's one of them. Jude is one of them. You could sit down and read the book of Jude in about, about the same amount of time it takes the microwave to warm up your coffee. Amen? It don't take long at all. Then there are books like 1 Corinthians. It's going to take 15 chapters or 16 chapters to get through it. Amen? And guess what? Your life, I don't know how many chapters you've had to write your life so far, but it's not over yet. So there's more to come. There's more we need to prepare and make sure we're doing the things we need in our final chapters of our life. Now, as your pastor, I have to answer to God for everything I preach. Did you know that? And you're responsible to hear it and understand it. Now, you can disregard it. 
You can take the Sunday off because you have a cough. You can take a Sunday off because it's your birthday. You can take a Sunday off to go on vacation, and that's all well and good. But the things that go forth across this pulpit, if you're going to be a member of Faith Christian Fellowship, you're responsible for it. How many of you have went back to the website and listened to the message that you missed while you were absent? few of you have. Amen. I always do. I always try to hear what's going on even if I can't be here. Now, I, I don't miss very often, but when I do, I like to get caught up. But each of us have a personal responsibility before God as one of his epistles to make sure what people are reading in your life is what God wants it to say. Amen. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Amen. A lot of you can say, well, I don't care what he thinks of me. Well, that's not God's attitude. Amen? They, how many times, and we talked even many a times about the children of Israel. As soon as they got across the Red Sea, they were angry and complaining to God. Right? Did God say, that's okay. You can go ahead and be mad and angry. No, he said, that's not the way I want you to act. Because people are looking to you and looking to you for guidance in how to walk as my people walk. Amen. And he took them through battles, gave them victories without them even fighting because the way they represented God is how God needed the rest of the world to see him in their lives. Amen. Now, for the most part, most of us probably have got the dark chapters we'd rather others not read. We can delete them if you want. Uh, and hide them somehow if we can, uh, and move on. But there are people going to know what you stand for in everything you do. Did you know that? They're going to read your life. Amen? So let's make sure from this day forward, everything that we write down in our hearts that others are going to read will be something that brings glory to God, Faith Christian Fellowship, and yourself. Amen? Amen. And Jesus never said it'd be easy, just worth it. Let us stand. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to open your word and to read from it the things that will help us be better Christians. We need to open our eyes to what you have for us and help us be the child of God you want us to be. Lord, it's all about you and it's all about souls. So help us to be what we should be for you in Jesus' name. Amen.